that's what our inner child is. It's like that part of you that took something to mean something else. (laughs) It kind of like it broke like a part of you. And that little inner child in you is like, I don't feel safe to do this, or I don't feel enough, or I don't feel loved. And so as an adult, we may end up like shrinking or hiding or procrastinating or avoiding doing these things that are actually going to move the needle in our business or that are going to help us get to the next level in our lives. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today, I am so excited about this episode because I have my friend, Laura Livermore, coming on. Laura and I have worked together in her program, Quantum Up Level, which I highly recommend if you are a business owner listening. But she is a spiritual business coach and mindset coach. She's an NLP practitioner, certified life coach, success coach, hypnotherapist. She does EFT, meditation, breathwork. She, the girl can do it all. And I can literally talk to her like all day. As you'll see in this conversation, we just let it go. So. I'm so excited for y'all to listen and learn from her though, because she is such a light and she has so much knowledge on all of this inner child healing and all of the trauma healing that comes from focusing on these inner child wounds. And it's just, I mean, it's really transformative. So I know you're going to love this episode and I can almost promise you that I'll have her on at least a handful more times because we, again, we could talk for hours and she has, she's just so knowledgeable and has so much to share. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's jump in. Okay, y'all. Let's jump in. I'm here with my friend, Laura Livermore. She is a spiritual mindset business coach, certified life coach, hypnotherapist, EFT tapping practitioner, meditation breathwork teacher. You do so much. You have so many (laughs) certifications. It's incredible. So thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with me today. And I'm really excited to introduce you to everybody because I just, I just love you. Thank you so much, Hope. I'm really excited to be here and to chat with you. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. Of course. Okay. So we are talking all things inner child wounds, healing your inner child and all of that. And so let's just kind of start because for anybody who's listening, who's like, what the heck are you talking about? Can you just kind of explain to the listeners what this means? We're talking about inner child wounds. Yeah. So. Trying to think of what is the actual, the best way that I can explain this for everyone so that it's super easy. But so when we're small, right? When we are under the age of seven, from zero to seven years old, you are like a sponge. You've heard that term before, right? That like little kids are like sponges. Well, there actually is like a scientific reason behind that. So at that age, you're conscious mind is just forming, which is like the logical part of your brain, the thinking part of your brain. And so at that age, while that part of your brain is just developing, the subconscious mind is like wide open. So 
the subconscious mind downloads and stores all of your beliefs about the world. It like accepts everything just as like truth. It's just like a loyal servant. It's like a computer program that's downloading and storing everything. And so those early years are really formative for us. So kids are just absorbing information like sponges. And so what happens is that sometimes we we don't at that early age, we don't really understand what's happening. We're not able to like consciously logically make sense of things yet. And so we may make things mean something about ourselves. We may like witness our parents fighting over something silly. And then we think that that means something about us, right? We make it seem like we're not accepted or we're not safe to fully express ourselves or, or maybe we even make it mean that like we're not loved. And so what happens is that er, like when that happens at an early age, we carry that stuff <laughs> unconsciously throughout our lives. And then it shows up in all of these different ways. It shows up in our business when we try to do something new and it's really scary. And suddenly our inner child, which is like that little, that part of us that never actually healed at an early age, that's what our inner child is. It's like that part of you that took something to mean something else. (laughs) It kind of like it broke like a part of you. And that little inner child in you is like, I don't feel safe to do this, or I don't feel enough, or I don't feel loved. And so as an adult, we may end up like shrinking or hiding or procrastinating or avoiding doing these things that are actually going to move the needle in our business or that are going to help us get to the next level in our lives. And so there's always that little inner child within us that just needs some nurturing. And so when you can recognize when that little inner child is being maybe triggered, I guess is a way to say it, then you can start to heal that part of you so that you can move through challenges with more ease and grace. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I think that was a great description. So I know a lot of people hear this because I thought this before, like I started working with you because you hear like childhood trauma and you think it's like, you know, extreme trauma, like some sort of abuse or something. And it's, that's not always the case. So what are some things like that we may not think of as trauma, but that really do like affect how like shape beliefs about things and about ourselves? Yeah, that's a really good point because I too thought that. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that trauma just meant like big T trauma, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like trauma, like right. something horrific, like mm-hmm. abuse. And the truth is that we all, every single human, I guaranteed, we all experience these, these traumas, but they're more like small T, mm-hmm. small T traumas. Mm-hmm. So it can be so many different things like your dad, for example, like I have this memory of like <laughs> my dad would used, used to sit in the chair with like his legs crossed. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was small enough. This has to be a really, really early age memory, but I was small enough to where I could like sit on his leg, like on his ankle, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. kind of like, <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> kind of hang on it. Right. And 
I just remember him like getting annoyed with me Mm -hmm. at one point and not like anything bad, but just kind of like, I'm trying to work, you know, which is such a common everyday thing. Like not now, like I'm trying to work here, babe, honey, whatever. And (laughs) at that early age, I didn't really, I wasn't really fully understanding. And I kind of got my like feelings hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of like this wounded, like, Mm -hmm. Hmm. you know, like he he doesn't love me or he doesn't care about me or, you know, when really it's not that at all. So little things like Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. which I also want to make a disclaimer here because I feel like as soon as I start talking about this, all the parents, all of his parents are like, oh my God, I don't want to traumatize. Yes. That's what what I thought. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, what things have I said to my kid already? Like, I like, (laughs) like hurt them for life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, you know, honestly, we're all doing the best that we can. Right. And there's nothing, there's never any ill intentions, I would think for the most part, right? (laughs) Your parents love you. Our parents are doing the best that they can. Right. And as are you, as are every single parent on this planet, we're all just doing our best. And And it's, there's no blaming here with this process. It's really just about, I guess as a parent, it's really just about trying to be more conscious, doing your own healing work yourself so that you don't bring your stuff with onto your child. Right. So, yeah, I think we just kind of needed that disclaimer. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's important to say, but I do feel like from doing all the work with you and stuff, I do feel like that I approach things differently, but that, cause I do think it's important to, you know, deal with your own crap and not like, yeah, not put that on your kid, not put like the trauma you had. Cause we just had this conversation. My, my little guy started mother's day out a few weeks ago uh-huh. and my husband was freaking out about it. And I'm like, he's going to be fine. Like, you know, it's fine. It's not even all day. And sure enough, when we started talking about it, he tells me about this like traumatic event that happened when he was like five years old and his dad left and he was crying. Like it was this whole thing. And I'm like, we are not going to put that on our kid. (laughs) You deal with that. (laughs) Right. And we're going to let our little guy like be okay. And he's, of course, he's totally fine. But it's like, you don't realize when you haven't dealt with your own stuff, like what you're putting on your kid or, or assuming like, exactly. Right. Or even yeah. just like putting it on, you know, your partner, whatever. It doesn't even have to be your kids, like putting totally. your mess on to other people and like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really. I mean, the best thing that we can all do is just continue to work on ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can show up better in all of the relationships right. in our lives. Right. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. And it doesn't always happen just from like the parent child relationship. It can also happen with like siblings. I had a client one time tell me that she felt that from her sisters. And I feel like, especially when it's the same sex, there can Mm -hmm. be like a little bit of competition there. Mm -hmm. And to where she felt like she couldn't, I think she had like a really bold personality and she felt uncomfortable around her sister and felt like she had to like tone it down Mm. around her Mm -hmm. and she couldn't like shine too brightly or be too loud or, or sing in the shower, singing in the shower was something for her. She felt like she couldn't sing in the shower because 
she was like shamed Mm -hmm. basically at such a young age. And then she carried that into her adult life. Right. And she was hiding and showing up online as an entrepreneur in her business. And when we got to the root of like, what are you afraid of? That's what it stemmed to. It was like, I'm afraid that I'm going to be too much. And so she dimmed her light basically in order to make the others around her feel more comfortable. Right. So that's such a big question. It's like, how many times have each of us done that? Right. Where we've tried to make other people around us feel more comfortable. So we shift and mold ourselves to be, make them feel okay. Totally. Yeah. Well, and like we've talked about before too, is, you know, it's all these experiences, right? Like it's, you know, it can be parents or siblings. It could be like at school and it could be like, we talked a lot about like religious groups that you grow up in and churches and whatever, you know, religious background you're from, how that like can make you feel a certain way. Right. And make you like, you're saying like, you have to be a certain way to make everybody happy or to be good or whatever, you know, all of that adds up to these like inner child wounds too. Yeah. And I, I think that whole thing just around wanting to be accepted Mm -hmm. is such a huge like theme in our lives because it's like a core value. We just want to be and feel accepted. And so how many different times and in how many different ways have we changed ourselves to fit in, especially in society? I mean, we're basically taught that at a very young age, like this is what you do (laughs) to fit in and go to school and be a little, a good little girl. I think you and I have talked about that one with that. Yeah. Girls. Let's talk about that. I actually wanted to mention that too, because I know most people listening are ladies and that is, and I, you know, ever since me and you started talking about that, I feel like it just pops up everywhere. Like I've listened to like multiple podcasts, episodes in different places and hearing things and it's not something that I ever, I ever heard about before I worked with you. And it's, and now I feel like, I feel like everybody needs to know about it because it's like, yeah. it's, it's such a common thing that women deal with and we don't know that we're dealing with it. So can you talk a little bit about the whole, like, I'm using air quotes, like good girl thing? Yeah. If you were rewarded as a child for being a good girl, right? So we have all of these like labels that are put on us and it's, guys have a different Mm -hmm. set of ways to be that Mm -hmm. they're like indoctrinated with at such a young age to be a a guy and be a man. But for women, it's all around being a good girl, Mm -hmm. right? Be a good girl, do what you're told, sit with your legs crossed. (laughs) Don't be too emotional. Don't be too much. Just like do what you're told and get good grades and fit in and let the men handle the finances and you just, and so part of that, yeah, you have to like, think about, okay, well, where does all of that stem from? And it's, it's evolved over time. Obviously things are shifting and changing in the roles between the masculine and the feminine, but It does stem back to like our parents and then their parents' generation and their parents' generation before that. And it just like gets carried a little bit through each generation, especially our grandparents, 
generation, right? Was so different than ours. But even then, especially like women had not nearly the amount of rights that we do now. And that is what they were just told to do. It was like, no, you're a lady, right? You're a lady. Mm -hmm. And anything outside of that is not acceptable. And so when we as a young age, like if we were growing up and we were, <laughs> we did what we were told, right? We lose a little part of our natural wildness that comes with the natural need, the natural nature. I'm not sure that's the right way to say that. <laughs> I knew what you meant though. You know, yeah. It comes naturally from the feminine, right? The, our feminine, the feminine energy within us all is that wildness, is that chaos, is that like creativeness. And so when we disconnect from that in order to fit in, we lose a little bit of ourselves and then we don't feel safe. We don't trust ourselves to do something different. We don't trust our intuition to take us outside of the box of what we're supposed to do. And it shows up in entrepreneur, like as an entrepreneur, you may not feel safe to like do something differently than what everyone else is doing. And it all stems back to that. Like I received love and acceptance by fitting in, by being a good little girl. And so it doesn't feel safe for me to step outside of that box and be who I truly am. That's, I mean, that's powerful. I think. I think that was like, besides all the other million breakthroughs I had when I was working with you, but I feel like that one was huge for me because it wasn't something that, because I was always, and I told you so many times, like I was always the goody two shoes. I was and still am a rule follower, like you yeah. know, I follow the rules and, but it's, I, you don't realize how much it's, it does like basically stifle your creativity and your ability to like think beyond, you know, yourself and. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we're not taught this stuff, right? you know? Exactly. But the second you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, I've been doing that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, I think just with our own kids, the best thing we can do is like allow them to like be expressive, allow them to be creative and then allow that within ourselves too, right? Nurture that our own little inner child that just wants to play, right? That just wants to have fun, that wants to be imaginative. And somehow along the way into becoming an adult, we shut down that part of ourselves. Yes. And so it's like, how can I reconnect to that little inner girl within me that? wants to have fun, that wants to play, that wants to be expressive, that wants to do things differently. So I like when I'm feeling like stuck in my business, I will go do something to get myself out of that. Like, okay, I'm trying to think about it in a very like linear boxed way. What can I do to get out of that? It might be like, okay, I'm going to paint. Like painting for me as a kid was just like a fun way for me to express my emotions or it could just be like going outside in nature. Yeah. Right? Like nature is a full expression of the divine feminine, the wild in all of us. And so just getting outside can help you to reconnect to 
that little inner girl. Yeah, for sure. No, and I love those. I love those tips because I was actually going to ask you that. And then you ended up listening. I was like, you know, what can we do? And that was exactly it. I love those. I think, and I think that is true. Like at some point, and granted, I think I actually just saw somebody post this the other day, basically talking about how our educational system is just like built to stifle creativity in kids. It's like, do it this way, only do it this way, the way your teacher tells you. And, you know, like they're talking about math and how the math teacher, you have to do the problem this way and get this answer. And you can't do it another way and get the same answer. You know, like it's just like structured to make them do things, you know, just so. And yeah. And I think at some point, I think that just leads us down, you know, into adulthood where like you're saying, like we forget how to be creative and have fun. And yeah, we just don't remember how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Kids can teach us so much. Totally. Totally. My husband and I say that all the time. Like one of my favorite things to do is just sit because my little, he's so creative. Like he makes yeah. things with Legos and he tells me it's some random thing. Like, like just sit and watching him and like, he talks to things and I, like, I'm like, he's like the most creative kid ever. I never, parent, every parent says that, but it's like just <laughs> to hear, but just to see like kids are so imaginative and yeah. creative and it's just fascinating to me. It really, it really is. Yeah. I fully agree with you. Yeah. It's It's amazing. Yeah. I really believe that they are there. Like we think that we're taking care of them, which we are, of course, but like they are also teaching us so much and they are, I think they are some of our biggest teachers. No, it's true. I totally agree. And, and I've never like, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say this. People are going to be like, oh my gosh, you're a terrible person. I really don't like kids, but obviously (laughs) I like my own kids, but I've never like been once to like, like other people's kids, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's weird. I've just never been like, Oh, you know, but like, it's <laughs> never been one to like really look at kids like that and be like, but like having my own, it's like, they're just like the most fascinating specimens. Like yeah. it's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah. And I, I agree. Like, and me and my husband always said it too. Like, why don't we, why don't we think like that anymore? Like, why don't we, you know, it's just, it's very cool. Yeah. I think we can learn a lot from them. It's true. I mean, we really can. We really can. And taking that creativity and imagination and all of that, like, yeah. 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 And like, how can we apply that? Mm-hmm. That they also have this like wonder about yes. them. They look yes. at everything as like they're intrigued and they're curious. Yes. Everything. Rather than so like, okay, it's black or white. It's this or that. Right. And, and we lose that again as fitting into society mm-hmm. as an adult. And so I think that that's such a big lesson that we can apply to our adult lives is how can I look at everything with a little bit more of just like a genuine curiosity, mm-hmm. even when we're looking at our own shadow stuff, right. when we're looking at this stuff that makes us feel triggered, these fears and limiting beliefs and the parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily like, or that we don't really want to look at, could we bring that just curiosity to it rather than like being judgmental about ourselves, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really good way to look at meditation in general is instead of just, okay, I have to be like perfect at meditation. It's like, no, just like notice and witness yourself, notice and witness the thoughts that come by instead of like getting so involved. Could I just 
genuinely be curious. Right. Oh, that's right. interesting. And I think kids really do a good job of teaching us yeah. how sure. to do that. I think so too. Do you know Melanie Ann Lair of Alpha yes. Yeah. Yes. She said something the other day about that. She was talking about like feminine and masculine energy. I think I was listening to her on a podcast or something. And I never thought about it like this, but she was saying like, we always think like certain actions are feminine, certain actions are masculine in terms of energy. But she said, it's not the thing that you're doing. It's how you're doing it. She's like, you could do meditation and it'd be like, you're like doing like you're saying, like, I have to do it. I have to do it this way. And I, you know, I have to check it off the list and you're totally doing it in masculine energy and yeah. you think feminine energy, but you're like, no, like you're just doing it to check it off the list. And it's, you know, and <laughs> right. that was like a light bulb moment for me. Cause she was saying like, it's not, she's like, you could go to the gym and you could go to the gym to like make yourself look a certain way. And you're doing that in masculine energy. But if you're going to the gym to like burn off steam and clear your head, then you're doing it in feminine energy. And yeah. that was like, I just thought that was, I was mind blowing to me because I've never thought about it that way. And we're talking about meditation it's how you're doing it. It's yeah, totally. That makes perfect sense. That's such a good explanation of, yeah, of the energy. (laughs) It's the energy that we put into it. It's how we're showing up that dictates whether it's which energy it is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I thought that was awesome too. So when we're looking at, sorry, I went on a tangent there, but we're looking at (laughs) like how these childhood traumas, these, you know, unresolved or unhealed wounds or whatever. So you mentioned earlier, like some, how it turns up or how it shows up in our life. But I know one of the big ones, I don't know, you and I talked about it and you talk about in the program a lot is self-sabotage. And I never thought like, until we started uncovering stuff, I never thought that was something like, why would I self-sabotage? Like it sounded crazy to me. So can you speak to that a little, like what that looks like, like in those unmet, unresolved things and how it shows up as that? Yes. Really good point. Because nobody intentionally self-sabotages, right? right? Like we're all setting goals. We're trying to achieve our our big life dreams, our business dreams and goals. And yeah, we're not intentionally self-sabotaging. But the thing is just going back a little bit about the brain, because this does tie into the inner child work. It's we're not actually operating most of the time from like the conscious logical thinking brain. We think we are, we think we're in like total control of everything that we're doing, but we're actually not right. We're actually operating like 95% of what we do comes from the subconscious mind. So like I said, in the beginning, your subconscious mind, you know, is like wide open when you're a kid. And so Everything you've ever experienced and witnessed gets downloaded and stored into that program, into your subconscious. And that's why we do things on autopilot. So think about it. You wake up in the morning and you likely pretty much do the same thing that you did the day before. Like we just run on autopilot. We have, we're habitual humans. So you wake up, you, I don't know, brush your teeth. You maybe check your phone, you hopefully meditate or do have some sort of morning ritual. Maybe you make breakfast, you rush out the door. I don't know, right? Like you do the same things over and over again. And that's because we're operating from the subconscious. And so your beliefs that you've picked up, even from childhood, could be running on that autopilot. So let's just say now, right? You're a female entrepreneur. 
you are trying to attract clients into your business and you think you're just, you're in charge here. You're doing everything that you think is correct. But then, okay, you know that it's time to start talking about your program and you know that it's time for you to go live and like you plan all these things, but suddenly you find yourself avoiding doing some of these things. Like, hmm, maybe I need to just like clean the room up first and then I'll get to it. <laughs> like, I'll feel better once the house is clean. Or you find yourself scrolling on Instagram and you're like, oh my God, I just, how did I waste an hour? Yeah doing this. Like I had intentions to get on here to maybe to do one thing. And then I literally just wasted an hour. And so we're not doing these things intentionally to self-sabotage, right? Self-sabotage is just, you're like avoiding, you're procrastinating, you're somehow not doing what you're supposed supposed to, but somehow not doing what's going to help you to move right. the needle right. to get you to where you need to go. And the reason is because that maybe there's some sort of fear. You don't feel safe to expand beyond your current comfort zone. So when you don't feel safe to expand into the next level, into something that's like new territory, you're going to have to become like a different version of yourself, right? Let's say you have a goal of making, I don't know, let's say you want to make like 10 or $20,000 a month. Great. If you've never made anywhere close to that, you realize that, oh, that requires me to show up in a different way. And if that feels scary to you, that little inner girl in you is like, uh, uh-uh, I don't feel safe to like, you're going to have to show up in a much bigger way than you unconsciously self-sabotage. You don't even realize that you're doing it, but you have to start becoming more conscious and more aware of your actions. And then you can catch yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is where that gentle curiosity comes in because you now have to become a detective Mm -hmm. over yourself and just like notice and witness and become aware of your patterns and your self-sabotage. Right. Otherwise you don't even, you may not even realize that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the hard part. It's like being able to like be an objective observer, like Mm -hmm. of your life, right? It's like having that self-awareness to be able to like step back and okay, like yeah, yeah, observe it from the outside, like you're saying. Yeah. Which is why I am such a, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching people to meditate. Mm -hmm. Like I really think it's important for everybody to try and do it every day, even if you just have five minutes to just chill for a minute, to just shut your eyes down and to just like tune inwards because you begin to build more self-awareness that way. And it becomes like your baseline for how you do everything. And it helps you to get out of that reactionary mode when we're stressed. When we're stressed out, we literally go into fight or flight mode. Our nervous system is overactive and we fight or flight. We're stressed out. We're not even really thinking clearly. And because we're also so stimulated by everything in our external reality. But the second that we spend more time tuning inwards, breathing deeper, connecting back to just being here in this present moment, 
we learn how to become more aware, that gentle observer of our thoughts, of how we're being. And then we can apply that in every area of our life. But if you don't have that baseline of like becoming an observer of yourself and witnessing and just a higher level of awareness, you're not even going to know when you're self-sabotaging. Right. Exactly. So yeah, it all fits together. And then it's when you are noticing that, oh my God, I have realized that I've been playing out this pattern about like not speaking up, you know, about anything, whatever it is specifically, but maybe you have this pattern about like not feeling safe to speak up or not feeling safe to be fully seen or heard because you're afraid you'll be judged. Or maybe one time when you were small, you were shamed for like speaking up or saying something. And so it, it created this little trauma within you as a little girl that you've carried throughout life. And now you don't feel safe. And so we have to bring that awareness there when we are triggered so that we can heal it and move through it with more kindness and compassion to ourselves, again, rather than judging ourselves right. when we are triggered. Right. That, and that leads me to my next question. I like to offer what you've already given a lot, but if we want to kind of narrow it down, offer like some tangible things that people can take with them. So if we're talking about taking steps to heal inner child wounds, what are a few things, maybe like three, if you have more, that's fine, but maybe like three things that people can start doing now, assuming meditation is going to be one, because you're just talking about it. What are some things people like actions they can take to start uncovering those and like dealing with those? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, definitely meditation. So powerful. Just even if you're listening to a guided one to start, just spend a few minutes with yourself. Also, I think journaling is really cathartic and can help bring up so much. So even just asking yourself in the moment, if something comes up, like when else have I felt this way? And then just getting inquisitive, like when else have I felt this way? When else did I not feel safe? When else did I not feel worthy? When else did I not feel loved? And then just journal and allow it to come up. And you can even write a forgiveness letter to yourself, to your little inner girl, your inner child, and just let her know that you love her, that you're there for her, that sometimes that little inner girl just wants to feel like seen, that like, hey, you're going to bring her along with you. And all of these decisions. So I think, yeah, something like that can be really helpful. What else? Yeah, those are great. No, those are great. I think those are all good. I think that gets people started. Meditation, journaling, the forgiveness letter. I think those are huge. Yeah. yeah. So I do want to share with everybody, just shifting gears a little bit, but can you tell us kind of how you got in? I mean, you have like a million certifications and all of that and how you help all of your clients and stuff. So how did you get into this realm? Yeah, I'll try to not take you down the long story (laughs) route. Um, But yeah, I wasn't always a coach. I actually started in the corporate world. You know, I definitely was that person that like shut down my creativity at an early age to an extent. I was always super creative, but I like shut it down. You know, that whole like starving artist mentality 
was definitely planted into my mind and never thought that I would be my own business owner. Like just didn't think because at such an early age, I didn't know anyone that was doing that. I didn't have any models to show that to me. So I just didn't even think it was possible. But yeah, so I, I did what I was supposed to do. I did what society says is, is like the profitable way. And, the normal and those, job. The normal, the normal Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Go to school, get a corporate job, climb your way up the ladder. I did that. And I was good at what I did. You know, I was making a lot of money and making more money every year, but I got burnt out and I started to feel super disconnected and unfulfilled in what I was doing. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do until I had this, like went through this spiritual awakening right around the age of 30, like at 29. And all this, of course, my spiritual awakening happened with like a bunch of things felt like they were falling apart in my life. Like usually how it goes, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, everything was a mess. It looked like I had it all together on paper, this amazing job, a boyfriend of like four years. I was trying, I was, you know, I could afford to travel. It looked like great, but my parents were, were, had going through a divorce, which was really hard emotionally for me. And then I had moved to Los Angeles with my boyfriend at the time. And we broke up like immediately when we got there. So I'm there with nobody, had no friends there and was feeling unfulfilled in this job. And it was just like all of that emotional mess within me, like broke me open and guided me towards the next step that I needed. It was like, it was all literally happening for me so that I could get off of that path and onto this new path. And really what got me here was through yoga, actually. I started going to yoga classes just as a way to like feel good and exercise. And I got this download, like this deep inner knowing that I needed to do a yoga teacher training for some reason. Didn't think I wanted to really be a yoga teacher, like make money doing that. It was just like, I think I have to do this for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And of course that like opened up my mind to personal development and learning about mindset and learning about manifestation. And I started applying everything I was learning. I I just became like obsessed with it in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) And it led me to entrepreneurship. I was like, oh my gosh, there's this whole world of coaches and healers and people that are teaching about personal development online. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. (laughs) And so, yeah, and then it just led me through all of these multiple certifications. You know, I'd find one thing and get really excited about it. And I just, I always apply this mentality of being both a teacher and a student, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Like, I am committed to constantly growing and evolving. You know, as I show up as a teacher and a leader, I know that, like, I'm never done. Mm-hmm. This work is never done. And, you get to be both a like masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. So yeah, that's really what got me here. And, and I just love it so much. <laughs> You're so good at it. You do so much. You do so much. <laughs> Thanks girl. You're welcome. Okay. So well, actually before I ask you, well, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and all the things you're doing, where can they find you? Yes, definitely on Instagram. That's my main platform that I love to show up on. 
So on Instagram, it's just my name at laura.livermore. Also, you can find me from my website, which is same, just lauralivermore.com. And I have a Facebook group, which is called Align and Manifest. So it's specifically for female entrepreneurs that are ready to heal on a personal level and grow their businesses at the same time. I'll put links to all of that and y'all should all join the group. And (laughs) she also has a really cool retreat coming up. And I know this is going to go out before well before that. So I'm going to say it. (laughs) Y'all go look at her retreat in Sedona. Yeah. So awesome. It's happening (laughs) in November. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll put a link to that too. Why not? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The retreat's going to be amazing. It's three nights, four days in Sedona, which just is such a healing place. They have these energetic vortexes there in the ground. And so you can just feel the energy shifts when you're there. And it's going to be all about aligning your mind, your body, your soul, and just resetting. So yeah, the retreats the 18th of November through the 21st. And I would love the ladies in your audience to come because it's going to be transformational. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. So I do like to end with the same question for everybody. So what can you do? What is one thing people can do to live with purpose? Yeah, I love this question. (laughs) I think there's so many things that you can do. But what really is coming to mind for me is to follow your heart and trust your intuition always. And if you can do that, if you can trust yourself, follow your heart to lead you, it will never lead you astray. You will always live in alignment with your soul, your purpose, and it will probably take you so much further than you could have ever imagined. So that's my word of advice. For me, it showed up as just like following the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. So trusting your intuition is like, I don't know exactly where this is going to lead, but this feels right for me and I'm going to trust it. And that's what it is. You just Follow your heart, follow your intuition and follow those little breadcrumbs as they show up. Yeah, that's perfect. It's great. (laughs) It's great advice. Thank you so much, Laura. This is so good. Yeah, thank you. This is so fun, Hope. I love doing this. I love chatting with you. I could chat with you all day. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.